Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, guys, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Roto, did you wake up at 5 a.m. this morning? I did not. I actually DVR'd the game, and uh, right now I am watching it. It is the bottom of the seventh. Should I tell you the score? I already know what happened. I saw the results. <laughs> I just, you know, I got the alert on my phone when I woke up. So I just wanted to watch it, though, because uh, I have several players in this game and first real baseball game of the season. So usually in the past, I probably either stay up all night to watch it, but it's just been uh, a hectic few days, the weekend in New York and everything going on that still trying to recover from it. So uh, DVR'd it and... Uh, watching it now so not to adam could just hold his ears even though he does know the score it was nine to seven the mariners beat the a's and a slugfest in japan and uh it's interesting because i know that we both talked about domingo santana ronas and uh a nice grand slam home run in his uh in his first game i think his adp is probably going to jump about 50 spots yeah, I hate this t- too because I'm pretty sure like I have him ranked real high compared to everyone else. He's been a target of mine, and now people are going to see this. They're going to push him up draft boards this weekend. They're going to push him up their rankings. It's still one game, but this is a guy that had 30 homers and 15 steals two years ago. Uh, I drafted him last night. I drafted him in the auction Thursday. I drafted him in Tau Ors. So this is not, you know, b- because of yesterday. Just felt like he was devalued. Uh, for most of draft season, I think people just look at last year, remember that he sucked, and, and forget that it was really Milwaukee going out and getting Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain, and that just put Santana in a bad spot where he didn't have much playing time, and when he did get on the field, he wasn't good, and it was probably difficult for him playing in that role. So now he gets an opportunity to play every day, so he had an opposite field grand slam, and yeah, that's the unfortunate part with these games that happen first. You know, you see it in football. I mean, it shouldn't really be that big of a deal in baseball because it's a long season you know in football we had that out in Vegas with Kareem Hunt two years ago when he had the big game as a rookie against the Patriots and he went number one overall in some drafts you know he was a good player anyway and it's a little different then but it will still push uh, Santana up draft boards uh, over the next few days and this weekend so try to get him in the NFBC on Sunday we had the money allocated waiting for him he came out I think it went to nine and someone else just had more money. They didn't have any outfield. I think they had one outfielder. And I could tell, I'm like, oh, man, they're probably waiting for Domingo. And it's just one of those situations in an auction where you can't get everyone you want and uh, had to bow out. How high did you, did you go past nine or was it nine your limit? I think it was nine. And then they went ten. Uh, and usually I got them for six on Thursday. So, you know, the range varies with him. And it's just uh, – didn't have enough money allocated left for him, so just had to go somewhere else. 
I think you're going to get double-digit dollars for him right now after, after the Grand Slam. I do. I think a guy goes from, I know it sounds crazy, but you may agree, go from 7 to 10. People like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. And I, I think you're right. You know, Yelich and Kane, this guy was a fourth outfielder. What do you have, like 200-something at bats last year? It was, uh, you know, he went from being a cog in that machine of the Brewers lineup to an, uh, an afterthought. And now he's got a chance in Seattle to really get a real, an opportunity to uh, play every day. And he's going to hit fifth, something like some, somewhere between fourth, fifth, sixth in that lineup. And, you know, hitting behind Encarnacion should, should only help him. Yeah, I think he'll definitely have a good season and got the power, got the speed, and did make a horrible defensive play. But who cares? As long as they keep him in the lineup every day, it doesn't matter. And that's what he does. I mean, he's not a great defensive player. Um, another note, Marco Gonzalez gets the win. He went six innings, uh, seven hits, uh, one walk, four strikeouts. And Hunter Strickland gets the first save of the year. I think everybody knew when they signed him on a one-year deal. And I'm sure he may get traded at some point this year. But he should go at least until Memorial Day as their closer. Uh, potentially longer. I mean, it's going to – I think a lot of people just have been doubting him, and it's not like he's a target. I've kind of taken him late in drafts just because, you know, he was kind of sitting there. And uh, I think some people doubt whether he was going to open the year with the job, you know, but Sean Armstrong went on the DL, Anthony Swarzak's on the DL, and they really don't have anyone else there. We did see Strickland pitch pretty well last year when he got an opportunity. He's not great, but he has the job for now, and he's one of Didn't the Didn't he break his closers. hand? Yeah. Didn't he break his hand and he punched something out after he had a bad inning or something like that last yeah. year? It's happened yeah. to you too, Doc. I know that. I, I could. Isn't that, how you not, hurt your, isn't that how you hurt your foot? You kicked the door because it's, it's golf not ball. inconceivable. Exactly. It's not inconceivable. All right. For the A's, there were three home runs. I was, I like Ramon Laureano, but I was a little disappointed to see him go, that leadoff go 0 for 5 for three strikeouts. That's just not what I want to see from Laureano there. Yeah, that's one of the issues that he has had is a, a ton of strikeouts. But he's got a little pop. He's got a lot of speed. He's good in the outfield. He made a, one of the highlight throws of the year last year. So uh, my guess is he will have an opportunity to play for a while. So I wouldn't worry about it. But uh, the strikeouts are a little bit of a concern for him. And you're going to have days like this. But overall for the season, uh, I think he's solid. Now, I'm a big Matt Chapman fan. I think he was being devalued in drafts because of the injury. I'm kind of surprised to see him bat second because he's another guy who strikes out a little bit and he's not a really high average guy. But were you surprised to see him bat so high in the lineup? No, uh, and it was against the lefty too. So I think they're going to switch it up a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously Olsen dropped down because of a lefty on the mound. He dropped to six. So uh, I think Chapman is good. I was able to get him in the NFBC auction on Sunday. Uh, last year he was someone that I got for a buck. In the auction, he was one of the late-round guys that I really liked last year. Obviously, he cost a little bit more this year, but it's not insane. I mean, third base, to me, is pretty deep, and I, I think that's part of the reason, maybe the injury as well, and he is a hell of a defender. I mean, he made a play on a D. Gordon bunt. He made it look so simple and easy, and it was a really difficult play. D. Gordon can run, and Chapman's just so smooth in the third base. Yeah, he is a very, very good defender. Steven Piscotti gets a home run. Um, Chris Davis gets a home run. And, of course, Chapman gets a home run. Uh, Mike Tears for Fears, three innings, five earned runs. I mean, I hate that guy. But there is a guy I do like on the staff, Ronas. Uh, Lou Trivino. Man, this guy's got some filthy stuff. I don't think he's the closer. But if Blake Trinan should ever get hurt, he's probably the backup option. Yeah, he pitched the eighth inning quite a bit last year. Uh but Blake Trinan clearly is the dominant arm in this pen and one of the best closers in baseball. But the A's do have a lot of questions in the pitching staff. They usually find a way to be competitive. Uh, 
I don't think they're going to be as good as last year. They need to get Lazardo in the starting rotation. We'll see how quickly they can do it. But uh, uh, it's a pretty good offensive team. You know, Piscotti to me is so undervalued. I didn't get him a lot just because usually when he came up in the draft, like I didn't have a need for an outfielder or he didn't fit my mold. But I just don't understand why he kept going late. This was a guy last year that obviously got off to a very slow start. He was dealing with the death of his mom, and I'm sure that had to weigh on him. And then in the second half, he exploded, and he hit third in the lineup today. And I think he'll be in the middle of this lineup consistently. So uh, Piscotti is a guy that, you know, can give you uh, – I think he could hit 30 home runs even in that ballpark. I think so, too. I, I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot going on, and they made a great trade for him, the Cardinals, to send him out to Oakland to, so he could be near, near his mother. And people forget this guy was a really good player a couple of years ago. I mean, it's I, I know it, we live in an age of what have you done for me lately? But you know, you look at Domingo Santana, you look at Stephen Piscotti. I don't think it's too hard to imagine that these guys could have very good years. I mean, Piscotti last year with that slow start had 27 homers and 88 RBIs, batted 267. So uh, 267 nowadays is not that bad. And uh, yeah, he doesn't steal any bags, but. Uh, even in that park, I think he can, you know, he can get close to 30 home runs. So for his price, where he goes, sometimes 12th, 13th round in a 15-team league, that's nice if you uh, are waiting on an outfielder. Right. Now, when he, oh, when he had that big year with St. Louis, he had 273, right? So, I mean, he's not really a 300 hitter, is he? No. Okay. Do you think, did you think of him as a power hitter when he first came up? Because I didn't, but maybe he is. Not an elite power hitter, but uh, you know, I, I think he can get. I think there's a shot he can get to thirty. He's gonna have to hit more fly balls. That's the one thing where I might say maybe he doesn't get there, because he's a 34% fly ball hitter for his career. So if he could just lift a little bit more, uh, there's a possibility he can get there. But if he's gonna hit in the middle of this lineup, I think he's gonna be pretty good. I, I really like this lineup a lot. I, I do. You know, yeah. Semyon, uh, it sucks that he kind of moved to the bottom. Profar. He's still solid. Yeah, they, they got a good lineup. All right, I got a, we got a tweet here from our friend, the Fantasy Mailman. He wants us to uh, rate his GST, his uh, GST league team. Garbage. You have it there? That's okay. garbage. It's All right, nice talking. Good no. luck. Good luck. I don't know. I didn't even look at his team. Honestly, I didn't look at anyone's team. Do you have it near you? Yeah. Uh, let's All see right. his garbage team. Uh, who did he take in the first round? Oh, my God. He got a steal in the first round. You know, sometimes you sit here what and pick did he have? 12. You'll never guess who he got. Trey Turner. Nope. Hmm. Who's my? You'll uh, never Nolan guess. Arenado. Nolan Arenado. No. Max no. Scherzer. No. Who did he get? J.D. Martinez. Wow. That's a nice one. That's a nice poll. See, when I, when I see drafts like that, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I, I, that's where I want to pick. I mean, because I had you picked get, You have draft luck, Ronus. You know you no, have very good draft luck. How's yes, you draft, do. How's the draft luck? So you're telling I've me I've always every told year, you have good luck. You always so have good draft luck. So you're telling me every single year I have luck? Yes. Okay. You do. Year. You have draft luck. Every year you have draft luck. I had the third pick. That's not luck this year. I don't want the third pick. I Who'd think the third pick's terrible. Because the reason why I hate the third pick, now, first of all, J.D. Martinez going 12 is an outlier. But to me... The player you can get at three, you can probably get at 10. That's my biggest problem. So I hated pick three. Well, you would have liked it if it was Lindor, if Lindor is healthy. Yes, but obviously he doesn't go there. But Did, you take, Did you take no. Ramirez? Did you take Ramirez? No. Who did you take? Christian Yelich. 
Really? Yeah. Why is that right, a surprise? So get, no, it's not a surprise. I just, I mean, it's a little early, isn't it? No, I mean, to me, he has such a high floor. Even if the power doesn't repeat, and I understand he had that ridiculous run, and the home run of fly ball rate was insane, but it's a great park to hit in, and he gives me a high floor. He gives me a little bit of everything. Even if he only hits 25 home runs, he's going to give me average. He's going to give me bags, and I think this lineup is really good. I don't see it uh, regressing, so I think you get 100 runs, 100 RBIs. So he just gives me a really high floor. I mean, I could have gone J.D. Martinez, but I wanted to get some steals. Uh, Acuna, I thought about. So yeah. there's just there's just too many guys in that. No, range. you have to take Yelich over Acuna. You have to take Yelich yeah. over him. Yeah, so that's why. All right, so who's the rest of the Mailman's team? Who do you get in round two? In round two, he got Corey Kluber, which I don't like that pick. Who, was, who was, went right after Kluber? Lindor. Who went after that? Bueller. Real Muto, which I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Thank you. And and Alex Bregman, Whoa. pick eight of round two. Oh, he could have taken Bregman. He took Kluber? Yeah. Oh, I would have taken Bregman. Yeah, I would have taken like Bregman. Like, Andrea started her draft with Harper and Bregman. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, like Bregman in middle of round two, where he just signed a six-year $100 deal, too. There's 15 teams in this league? 15, yeah. Too early on Kluber. Okay, who was uh, round three? Uh, round three, he took Patrick Corbin. Hmm. Wow. Pitching was flying off the boards in the GST. Yeah. I mean, I like Corbin, but I, I like Corbin, but I like Cor Corbin more in round four. But, I mean, maybe Ron thought he couldn't do it. Maybe, maybe he thought he had to get the guy. Who, who were the two picks after him? After Corbin was Cody yeah. Bellinger and Anthony Rendon. Hmm. Would you have taken Rendon over Corbin? Yeah, I would have taken Bellinger, Rendon, and Ben Attendi, who went. Oh, Ben Attendi was there? Yeah. Oh, I would have taken Ben Attendi for sure. I would have taken all those guys over Corbin, especially when he already took Kluber. All right, so round four, what'd he do? Uh, Joey Votto. Oy. Yeah, who were his other choices? Flaherty, Reese Hoskins, Paxton, Grinky, Strasburg, Suarez, Bogarts. Bogarts was a steal in this draft, 4-11. You would have taken Hoskins. Yes, he is dealing. There was some news today that he has a shoulder issue and he's going to be out until at least Friday. Uh, they're saying it's precautionary. I really hope it is because I do have him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. I took him in an auction on Thursday, so I'm just hoping that they are being cautious here and it is nothing serious, uh, but it is something to keep an eye on. I think you will probably see him potentially drop around this weekend and maybe a few dollars unless he returns on Friday, as they indicate, and he's fine. But Hoskins obviously is in a great spot this year to. So to let me just work numbers. on one thing here. I would have we 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 agree that we like JD. Then we would have done Bregman. Then we would have done uh, Benatendi. And then in round four, what would we have done? Uh, I'm actually uh, yeah. Then I might have gone a pitcher there. All right. So who was the pitcher available in four? Flaherty, Paxton, Grinky. Oh, Flaherty. Yeah, I'm okay with Flaherty there, right? Yeah. I mean, I, the, the pro, Flaherty's price is just so high. I mean, I understand he has oh, yeah. immense upside, and he's had a great spring. It just it seems like it's a very high price. Yeah, but if you want him, it's the fourth round. You, if you want him, you have to take him in the fourth round. Adam. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong, but that's what you have to do. Yeah, but, you know, uh, yeah, it feels like you're overpaying, though. 
I know, but you know when it's like you know what the price is, you know Flaherty's a fourth round pick. There's nothing you can do about it. You just have to pay it. Now, if you if you say that it's too high, then I agree, agree with you. Like, don't pay it. But that is where he goes. So, what was Andrea's team? Looks like she had some good draft luck. Uh, she in round three, Chris Bryant. Uh, so that's a nice start. And then in round four, Zach Grinky. Round five, Herman Marquez. Mm, a little dicey there. Who got smashed yesterday? Not yeah. much, but <laughs> no. Uh, look, so who are I'm your first four picks? Uh, I went with Christian uh, Yelich, Freddie Freeman, Syndergaard, and Carlos Correa. That's pretty good. Yeah, I have. You got Freeman first. that late in round two? Yeah, man, it's because. Oh, uh, so you have draft luck. That's it's a good not draft. How I know it's, it's a, a good, good pick. pick. But I had to debate between Freeman or Bauer. I really wanted Bauer, but I was like, you know what? There's still there's three pitchers on the board who I like. It was Bauer, Carrasco, and Syndergaard. And I was like, I'm going to take the chance that one of them makes it back. Right. And, and so you got the, and you got Thor, too. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You had to take Freeman. Freeman's a great pick, dude. He's just a, a triple crown type of hitter. And he gets eight, nine bags, too. Yeah. All right. We come back a little DFS golf with our friend Jeff Burgesson. When Scout Fantasy Sports returns right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Rain dance! Make it rain. With the Johnnies and the Sun Devils. Mullen versus Hurley, though, in a coaching matchup. That's pretty cool, especially for people in the New York yeah, City area. Right? Mullen there with St. John's and obviously Hurley. You know, the Hurley family and coaching here in Jersey is a big deal. I'll say that. Coaches dominate in college basketball. We know about Izzo and Beheim, you know, and Coach K. Yeah. But Mullen versus Hurley as a coaching matchup. That should be on the marquee. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. Scout Fantasy Sports here with you. And while you're fixated on your college basketball brackets, NFL teams are focusing on the 2019 NFL Draft. 
And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. All right, let's talk to about one of my favorite people, about one of my favorite sports, Jeff Bergerson, Fantasy Golf Insider. We're talking PGA DFS, and we're at the Valspar this week. What's up, Jeff? Uh, not too much, Doc. Uh, things are good. Another Florida stop on the PGA Tour, so it should be another good week. It's, it's a little, dare I say, chilly. I mean, I want to say, I mean, for me, it's chilly. For you, it's probably balmy. But it was about, you know, 60-something here the other day, today, this morning. So uh, the golfer should be okay. Let's start out with Dustin Johnson, who never, I don't think he's, has he ever played this course or maybe one time, like maybe 10 years ago? Do we hold that against him? And why is he here? Well, every once in a while, guys have to play events that they haven't played before to fulfill their obligations to the PGA Tour. And I think that's what happened with Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, uh, this week, Jason Day. Uh, guys who you normally don't see here um, are making an appearance. The question, the, the course is fine. I mean, Dustin can win on the moon, but um, it all comes down to how excited is he to play well this week? Because, I mean, we saw him kind of, he kind of coasted last week at the players. It didn't feel like we really had a spirited effort from him, missed a ton of short putts, and here he is tied for fifth at, when it's all said and done. That's just how talented this guy is. It's just crazy. So how do I know if he's inspired this week and whether I should sink $11,500 into him? You know, I have exposure to Dustin Johnson just because if you don't have him and he goes off, you're not going to win a, a GPP this week. So I have exposure to him. You could be overweight um, by owning him on 40% of your teams roughly. Uh, so I have exposure to him. That's my choice for the top tier. All right, I'm going to pass on Rom. Tell me about Jason Day. I always worry about his back, but... You know, last week it was a smart play because you knew after the withdrawal that he was going to do something good, and he did. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, on our ownership prediction tool on the site, we have Dustin Johnson right between 20 and 25%. I would guess toward the 25 number. Jason Day, we have about 15%. So is 10% of ownership enough to pivot to Jason Day? Um, it's not for me, but, you know, we never know with his back if it flares up. Um, I'm out on day, especially on this course. I mean, he can scramble and putt well. Uh, I just would prefer Dustin Johnson over day, and then I'm going to drop down to Sergio Garcia. I was just going to ask about my next two golfers here, Webb Simpson, who I do like, and Sergio Garcia. I think both these guys can win this week, Jeff. I do too. They have the games that, that match up for here. Outstanding tee to green games, great ball strikers. Um, even play well around the greens. It's the putting that usually hinders both of them. Webb was great for a while. Now he's kind of regressed a little bit in his putting. Not as good as it had been over the past uh, 18 months or so. But I really like both of these guys, and I think either one could win this week. All right, if I look at the course history here, Jeff, Paul Casey gets doesn't make the cut in 2012, doesn't make the cut in 2014, doesn't show up in 2015, 16, 17, and then he wins it last year. That seems very strange to see a course history chart like that. 
It kind of does. Considering his game, um, his game fits very well on this course, too. Um, and it's very difficult to know what Paul Casey you're going to get as well because he also has back issues crop up every once in a while. Now, last week, it's interesting. You have him and Rafa Cabrera-Bello, who were just pitiful last week, and they were both chalky plays. It'll be interesting to see what the ownership is on both of those guys this week. If we're going to get a significant reduction, I'm not sure we're going to get too big of reduction. Um, I'm okay on Casey. Um, I think it's a mixed bag with him because he was playing well up until last week. There's really no explaining his bad performance. Now, Jeff, Patrick Reed has been a course horse here, but his iron play has been pretty spotty recently, and you need some good iron play on this course. Should I feel confident rostering him, or would you look elsewhere? I don't own any Reed this week, and I hope it doesn't bite me because I'm a big Reed guy. Uh, you're exactly right. His approach game has not been good, which is scary on this course. What usually saves him is his phenomenal uh, scrambling around the green and putting. Um, but a couple of, you know, kind of mediocre efforts the last couple events. He has had great success on this course, but um, I'm going elsewhere this week. All right. I want to look at Jim Furyk, who is, seems to have a, a renaissance in his career here. But I'm paying $9,200 for this guy. I know he's been fabulous the last three weeks. But normally, I think Jim Furyk should be like $7,600. Do I want to pay the tax? <laughs> You know, I, I've I've heard other people talk about how they're going to stay on him because the course is such a good fit for him. He has been playing well on similar courses the last couple of times out, uh, at least on the Florida swing. 9,200 is too rich for me for Jim Furyk. I'm not sure that at this age and at this point in his career, he can continue a top 10 streak like this. So I think we might see some regression from him this week. And if he's going to even be relatively chalky, I'm happy to steer clear of him this week. Henrik Stenson is a great ball striker. He is a top player, but right now he's playing like poo-poo. Cut last week. I want to roster him, Jeff, but I don't know. Something's telling me not to. What do you think? I haven't rostered him one time this year, Doc, and I've been happy about it. This week I'm going to own shares, though. Uh, he is just so good with the iron. And when you look at his rolling stats, they're not that bad. It, he's just not getting um, the great results. Um, he looked good a couple of weeks ago. He had a top 20. This week, I think we just see a good Henrik Stenson. and I think he pulls it together and we get a, a decent uh, output. And he's only 9,100. I just like him better than Furyk this week. All right, Lucas Glover really, really killed me last week, Jeff. I got trounced last week and, and went, after having such a good week the week before. Uh, Glover doesn't make the cut. I mean, I, the recency bias, when a guy really screws me like that, I tend to go back to him because I, I'm like, it can't be two weeks in a row. Do we like Glover this week? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you with uh, ownership on him. He, he blew up in Phoenix the same way. It was really one round that was really terrible. And at TPC Sawgrass, it only takes really a couple – blow up holes to ruin a round and then ruin your chance at making a cut and those blow up holes are abundant on that course so he ran into it he had some trouble um, but I think he bounces back this week are Ryan Moore and Jason Cockrack chalk donkeys Mm, Cockrack will be more probably won't be too chalky Uh, Cockrack has just been really good this year uh, all phases, when you look at the statistics, he's doing it in every category. He's been extremely consistent. Didn't didn't give, give us a great result last week, but made the cut in a tough-making cut week. So um, I think 
you could own him at 8,600. All right, I got a guy for you, Jeff. I have a very good feeling about Brant Snedeker this week. Talk me out of it. I don't think I can talk you out of it unless we think his ownership's just going to be sky high, which I'm not sure it is going to be. Uh, he's going to be probably 15 to 18%, I'm guessing, which isn't enough to make me jump off. We saw good things from him last week, especially over the weekend. He is a phenomenal putter. We know that. He can scramble, but his uh, approach game was better last week. So I'm, I'm actually kind of liking Snedeker, and especially if you go with a balanced approach this week with your lineup build, he fits perfectly in that balanced lineup. Talking to Jeff Burgesson from Fantasy Golf Insider, one of my favorite sites ever, for, especially for PGA DFS information. Adam Hadwin won here two years ago. He's a very solid golfer, but he hasn't looked great this year, Jeff. Do I go back in his direction or do I just look for somebody else? I would probably look for someone else. Nothing in his game is, is positive right now. You look at the stats and he's doing nothing really well. He has had success on this course. And when he's right, I think he's good for this course, but I don't think he's right right now. All right, I got three names for you, Jeff. The first one is JT Poston. I think he has a big week this week. Agree or disagree? I'll agree with you. All right, good. Sunjay M, I want to play this guy, Jeff, but he's never been at this course before. You know I hate that, but, man, this guy is, is dead, on, dead on when he's, a good, when he's, when he's on. Yeah, he can be. Uh, it's going to be a rough ride, though, in his first uh, year in the PGA Tour, and we've seen that. We see top tens from him. We see a miscut the next week and back to top ten. Uh, he's a great, great uh, tee to green guy. Great with the irons, good approach game. Statistics are great. It's just going to be the fact that he's a young guy and inexperienced. Like you said, he hasn't played on this course before, which is a little bit troubling. So what I would do is I would own him in GPPs. Um, just own a, a, let's say he's going to, what's, what do we have him at, about 15%. Own him at field average. Go 15% so you have exposure if he does go off for a top 10. Um, but, but if he blows up like he has on occasion, it's not going to ruin your entire week. Can I pivot to Zach Johnson here, or is that the wrong pivot? Uh, I'm not big on Zach Johnson this year. I haven't owned him at all. He's been nothing's been right with him this year, mm, and and he was good here last year. But uh, I'm staying away this week, Doc. So who do I pivot to if I don't want to spend on him? Give me a guy in the like 73 to 7500. Do I go Danny Lee, Nick Taylor, Domin, Chesson Hadley, who killed me last week? Jeff killed me, killed me, killed me. Who do I go to? Yeah, this is not a very appetizing range right here. So in your lineup builds, I wouldn't have a whole ton of exposure in this range. The guys that I'm owning are Chesson Hadley at 7500. He's got great upside, phenomenal approach game. Uh, but very inconsistent, so GPP only. Um, I, I do own Joel Damon this week. Uh, he looked better last week than he had the previous month or so where he was just terrible. So hopefully that's a good sign that he's um, coming back to what he was at the end of last year. Um, I do own some Nick Taylor. Uh, everything looks good from him right now. Good putting, good tee to green game. So I own him as well in this range. And then I own some, some Sung Kang at 7,200. He's been good to me. He was great to me a couple of events ago. He had a top 10. Even last week, he was okay. He actually showed up on some winning GPP teams um, throughout uh, DraftKings. So um, I have some of him this week, too. What about Trey Mullinax? Do we like him? 
Yeah, I do have some Trey Mullinex exposure. Now, he missed the cut last week, but he was on a pretty decent run of, like, top 30 finishes. He hasn't shown us that he has top 10 upside yet, so I wouldn't go crazy on him. But he did have a top 10 here last year, so that's promising. You could own maybe 10% of him. All right, Jeff, what about guys who aren't great golfers, but they seem to be on a streak? So a guy like Roberto Castro, been pretty good the last month. I mean, but he's not a great player that I know of. Do we take a shot on him because he's in a hot streak? I do have some exposure to him. Now, he was on PGA Tour for a while. Uh, actually, when we started the website back in 2013, 2014, he was on tour. And then he just went in the tank and was not good and fell off the tour. Now he's back. He's put a few good starts together, so I'm okay with them. It's 7,100, so it's not, like, super cheap. It's not, like, six, you know, the low sixes, which, which is kind of would be more appetizing for someone like Castro, who just isn't that great. But um, I think you could own him uh, if he's going to continue this streak. Jeff, we had mentioned a few weeks ago Ryan Armour, who you said was playing well, but he, he had a great performance about three weeks ago, but not too good the last couple of weeks. Is this a good spot? Is this a good course for him? Uh, I'm out. No, he's been just atrocious. Normally, he's an accuracy guy, and he hasn't even been very accurate lately, so I'm not going to own him this week. All right. I, what about a Wyndham Clark who did well for me a few weeks ago? Yeah, I'm okay with Wyndham Clark. I have some of him uh, this week. I have both him and Adam Shank. They're both at 6,900. They've shown some upside. They're both younger guys. Uh, and those are the types of guys that I like to own in this 6K range. I don't have a lot of exposure to this range. But those are a couple of guys who I kind of like mixing in. You mix them in with your core, of course. And then if your core hits and one of these guys jumps up and gives you a top 15 finish, then it's, it's going to be a good GPP week. Is David Hearn a guy that we could take a look at at this range? Because he's kind of solid. Um, I don't have any David Hearn. No, he, he had a top 25 last time out, but uh, he's, just, he's just not very good. How about a guy who's been popping up on every place I've been looking? Kyung Hoon Lee. I don't know much about him. Tell everybody out there about this guy. Yeah, he's been, when you run the stats, um, he's really kind of standing out. Um, he, has, he hasn't been around very much, but um, I do have some exposure, not a lot. Uh, I have heard his name come up several times this week, so I'm not sure what that's going to do to his ownership. I'm, I wouldn't be um, real happy if I owned him and he was like owned by 10% of the field. Um, but hopefully it's closer to 4 or 5%, which is where I will be for exposure. What about Adam Svensson? Is he a good flyer at the end? I don't own any of him this week, no. And I'll give you one more flyer for me. Max Homa. This is a guy who was like T20 a few weeks ago and a T10 a few weeks ago. He's had a good season so far, Jeff. Yeah, he has, and, he, and he's been on tour before as well. He's back on the tour. He's kind of like a Castro. I think he's a little bit younger than Castro, but he's been playing well uh, lately, so... Yes, I do own some Max Homa in this range this week. Um, not a ton, but, but some. I think he might be the only guy below 6,400 that I do own this week. Now, can I go Stars and Scrubs? Should I go Dustin Johnson, Sergio, and a bunch of Scrubs, or is that too risky this week? Uh, I don't love that this week just because the options down. Now, like a week like last week, yes, you could have easily done that. The pricing was softer. But also the field was so much stronger. So you get high-quality guys down in that 7K range that could probably, you know, that are capable of winning. This week, I don't know. I mean, you're kind of in the dredge with four of your guys in that low 7K range. It's not too appealing. I would, I would go DJ, and then I would go a bunch of guys in the low 8, high 7K range, or I would go Sergio um, with a couple guys in the 8s and then the rest in the 7s. 
so more of a balanced uh, roster. I, I kind of think that's the way to go this week, unless you do DJ. But then I wouldn't go with another um, star to compliment him. I would go stick to that high 7K range with him. All right, give me two players, Jeff. One up top who we think has a great chance to win and one of your flyers, which, has been, which have been sensational this year. Yeah, I, it's really going to be a flyer this week because this field is not very good. But um, I will say Sergio Garcia to win. And then how long a shot do you want, Doc? I mean, do you want really long or do you want... I want a mi- give me a mid-range and a long shot. Give me two. <laughs> All right. Um, I will give you... Um, I'll say Kevin Kisner. I think you can get him at 45 to 50 to one, possibly. We've been on him the last couple of weeks. He's been really good heading into the weekend and has, uh, has fell back over the weekend. But I think in this field, he can stay up top. And then down below, um, I will give, um, well, let's say Wyndham Clark. All right. When you say it, I'm writing it down. You get the pen click, which tells you everything you need to know. It means I love it. <laughs> that's great all right good luck this week jeff okay same to you doc all right that's jeff burgesson fantasygolfinsider.com check it out it's an outstanding site if you want to win pga dfs which i know i do and it is a great four-day sweat should be a great tournament and yes Wyndham clark has been on my radar uh this week as a sleeper so i'm glad that jeff mentioned that all right when we return at scout fantasy sports we're going to talk about our march madness contest which you want you guys playing and of course we're going to talk more fantasy baseball adam ronis and i will be back with you right after this If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be. So we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. Kevin Durant says, of course, being the jackass that he is, and I like Kevin Durant, but the guy's just a douche. He says uh, it's too bad that the all-pro uh, votes uh, will be voted by people that don't really know the game. Okay, so I guess they incorrectly voted you the NBA Finals MVP two years in a row. It's like Donald Trump bitching about social media screwing him when Facebook worked with him in Cambridge Analytics to help him win. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. 
All right, we're back. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. Dr. Roto here along with Adam Ronis. And remember, Ronis, it's March Madness. And we've got our drafts going on right now at playffwc.com, Ronis. You could be, I mean, maybe during the show you could be drafting, Adam. Uh, could be, but I'm not. Uh, I'll be drafting tonight. You will be drafting. Do you have your pick? Uh, yeah, pick three in one Ooh. of the drafts. The other one hasn't filled yet. All right, I have pick four in tonight's draft. I'm drafting at 11. But if you go on right now, we're drafting at four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And let me tell you how much it costs you. It's absolutely free, free, free. You should. There's no reason not to do it. All right. First prize is a free entry to the 2019 online championship. Uh, season-long membership uh, at Scout Fantasy Sports. So game credits, starter league entry stuff. So really check it out. There's no reason not to. How much basketball will you be watching tomorrow, Adam? All day. It'll be on my TV all day long. Yeah. I don't know. Is there any upset that you can think of right now that you're like, I need to get this team tonight in this draft. When I do it, I want them. Um, I mean, there's a couple that I have. I think Irvine, uh, you see, uh, them. I got them. Uh, New Mexico State, possibly. I have to kind of go through it and figure out which ones I really want to get. I think. Do you think everybody's on the same guys? I mean, because that's what I worry about too. Sometimes, sometimes when every, like everyone's talking about Yale, so yeah, I might I mean, go, the go the other way. Go the other way. Yeah, go. LSU's looking you, good. Yeah. Do you know how many times it happens? And I've been doing a lot more sports betting now, so I'll give you an example. Like yesterday. It looked too good. Like the Suns were favored by two over the Bulls, and the Suns mm. have been playing very well. They've beaten Golden State, and I said, and the Bulls have been terrible lately. They've kind of Otto Porter's been out. They've fallen apart, and I said, nah, I'm taking the Bulls here, and the Bulls won. I will tell you the following: my my number one rule of gambling is I call it the grandma bet. When your grandma knows what everybody's doing, go the other way. When it's so obvious that grandma knows it. Because grandma doesn't pay attention, right? But when it's so obvious, flip it. Because I'm telling you that that's the only way that you can make money because it's, it's, a, it's a problem because it, the house never loses, Adam. So if 70% of people are on it, trust me, I go the other direction. I will say this, though. There was one last night where I was like, Philly's favored by one and a half over the Hornets um, in Charlotte. And I knew Embiid was out, but I was like, nah. I, that was like they were kind of begging you to take – Philly, I still took Philly, and they won by four. So sometimes you just have to use a little logic. But a lot of times when I see that, I'm like, that is fishy, man. I got to go the other way. But uh, I decided to go against that and stick with Philly last night, and they covered. But, uh, yeah, that you, you just see some lines sometimes. And when it looks too obvious, you yeah. often have to go the other way. You have to. You really have to. I, I told you that my number one bet in the history that I can of my life that I can remember was the over in the giant Ravens Super Bowl. Remember the giant Ravens Super Bowl where no, neither of those defenses ever let up a point? Right. And it was like a 39, and people were going under. It's going to be like 6-3. They went over 39 by the first quarter. It was, it was so obvious that nobody played it. When it comes out, I mean, when it comes that way, that, that's what you got to do. I just find the, also the, the sleeper, quote-unquote sleeper, like Yale, if everybody knows a sleeper, it's not sleeping. No, it's true. Yeah, because then you know it's going to be pretty chalky, and a lot of people are going to have that. And then if they do get the upset, it doesn't really do anything for you. I'll give you a team, Ronas. Liberty. The Liberty Flames, I think, beat Mississippi State. 
Okay. Go with that one. All right, take that one. That's, that's the one that nobody knows about. I think everybody knows New Mexico State. People know Irvine. I don't think anybody knows Liberty. That's going to be my team this year. Because they played in the Atlantic Sun, and they played Lipscomb. And Lipscomb was a really good team. And in the, in, in the final game there, the championship game, they had to go play at Lipscomb's court, which was insane. It was like the most crowded court ever in the history of Lipscomb University. And Liberty won. Liberty won on the road there. So if you can win on the road there like that, I think you could beat Mississippi State. I, I mean, maybe they're good, but I don't think Mississippi State. I mean, I'm, I much prefer them in football than I do in basketball, Adam. I'm going to give you the biggest upset that no one has said. You ready for this one? Yes. Iona beats North Carolina. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Demurgis will be all over that one, dude. <laughs> do you know when I was a kid, Iona basketball was really good? They've been good for quite a bit now. They had a guy named Jeff Ruland. Yeah. Who, now their yeah. coach is Tim Kloos, who coached St. Mary's High School basketball. He coached Danny Green in high school. Oh, did he? Did he? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Iona had a Steve, Steve Britt, Steve Burt. I think it was Steve Burt and Jeff Ruland. They had some guys who were a couple NBA players there. Yeah. No, they, they've been solid for a mid-major program here in uh, New Rochelle. Yeah, they've been solid in, uh, for several years now. They've been uh, making uh, the tournament. Yeah, I mean, some of those teams have, you know, you watch their tournaments and you're like, oh, this team looks good. And then you wonder why they get killed in NCAA because they just don't have the athleticism that some of these other teams have. Exactly. They have have so many more scholarships. They draw so much more talent and they just can't match up. And then maybe they have one guy who's good, maybe one and a half guys, but they don't have seven. And that's the difference, the depth on these teams. I mean, Tennessee probably has like 10 guys who can run up and down the court who are all like 6'8 and fast. Yeah, and that's where uh, you, you'll see it. You'll see it exposed uh, once uh, they get against these teams with more talent, more athletes, more size. Uh, it, you got to play really smart. And really the key is is you got to have that hot shooting game. Yeah. You just got to be hitting shots from everywhere to pull off that upset. I was on Twitter this morning, and Mike Francesa, who I think he's lost it, dude. I oh, really he's lost think it Mike, a while. Yeah, yeah actually, he's, yeah. he's totally. I don't even listen anymore, but I see. He's unlistenable. I see things all the time that are just uh, crazy. I saw he's fallen the way of Stephen A. Smith. I heard Stephen Outrageous. A. Smith made another mistake. Well, oh. someone asked him about uh, the Mike Trout concert. Well, they were talking Mike Trout, and he goes, "What does this mean for Mike Sosha? He doesn't even—he's not the manager anymore. <laughs> Brad Ausmus. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, but Francesa basically said that Zion was not a safe pick, and he didn't know what position he'd play in the NBA. And that he'd be match- he'd be, if he played at the four, he'd be matching up with guys who are a foot taller than he was. Zion's 6'7". If you're a foot taller, then you've got to be 7'7". Seven, I don't know too many 7'7 seven, seven power forwards, Adam. I think Yao Ming's coming back. I'm like, dude, Zion Williamson could be whatever he wants to be. How about, how about the NBA has to conform to him because he's got athleticism that nobody in the NBA has seen before? Yeah, he's going number one. Francesa... Again, I don't. I used to listen when I was younger. I don't listen anymore. But I've always seen a lot of uh, video on Twitter. There's a specific Twitter account. I forgot the name of it. That is just face stool face. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that was the one I was looking at. That was the one yeah, I was looking at with consistently uh, making fun of them. Yeah, <laughs> but they're right. I mean, you can't say some of these things. And you know, I, I think at some point, I'll tell you a quick story here. So my my kid's pediatrician retires. Uh, about six months ago and this guy's in the you know he's older he's probably close to 70 and I said to him you know dr. so-and-so why are you retiring 
I said, you still look like you can do the work. He goes, I can. He goes, I just feel it's right to, before I start making mistakes, I want to get out now. And I was like, wow, I didn't, you know, when you, when you put it that way, this is a conscientious guy. Mike Francesa is making mistakes daily, dude. I don't know what he offers except just like wanting to scream at him. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe that works. Maybe people listen to hear the mistakes he makes next. And obviously he's a big name and been around a long time, retired, came back. So uh, I know the ratings have not been once what they were, but I, I think sometimes people do tune in for train wrecks. They have this urge to say, okay, what is he going to say next? And people like listening and getting upset. So it uh, doesn't work for me. I want to hear. Do you think you want to listen to a radio show? Do you think people want to listen to our show and say, hey, I agree with Doc and Adam, or hey, these guys are idiots. I don't agree with anything. What, what do you think makes it a more listenable show? Well, our show is different because we're here to give advice and help people win. So if we are consistently giving bad picks and not helping people win, they're going to tune out. Uh, his is a different platform where a lot of it is opinion and debate. And uh, sometimes you got to remember the average person, you know, there are a lot of people who probably uh, who have listened to him for years and agree and respect his opinion. And then there's others who are really sharp who just like are sitting there waiting to go, what stupid thing is he going to say next? I think that, that there's, there's some truth to that. I think, you know, most people, I don't know, we're very sharp, right? We know what's going on. We know the world of sports. Maybe the, pe the casual listener is not as sharp. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I hope they are. I, I don't know. I think people should demand, you know, better. You shouldn't be making mistakes about Mike Sosha. You should, you should do a little research on that one. Stephen A has totally lost his grip, dude. He's told, and why is the guy talking about baseball and football? The guy has lost it, Adam. Yeah, uh, they have him do too, too, uh, too much. He should, uh, you know, sometimes not everyone with the amount of work he, uh, and jobs he has can follow everything. And, you know, that's where the editors and the people above him have to come in and say, okay, look, this is uh, clearly overwhelming for you. This is basic stuff you don't know. We'll just have you do this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just uh, just mind-boggling to me. All right, so we've got a game tonight in baseball. Adam, will you be up at 5.30 a.m. to watch Yusei Kikuchi against Marco Estrada this morning? Uh, I probably won't. Uh, I might try, but I don't think it's going to happen. All right, now how are most leagues that you're playing in dealing with these two games? Is it that you can make moves this week and then again next week or that you got to lock them in? How are your leagues doing it? I know NFBC allows you to retroactive it so you can decide whether you want to start or sit so i think the great fantasy baseball invitational is they're using the nfbc platform so i'm assuming those are the rules there because that's the way it looked when it was set up so in that league i have marco gonzalez so obviously he'll be active for me since he got the win four five oh era is not great but he got a win four strikeouts over six settled down so he'll be in uh, I think Tout Wars, you had to set it already, and I did have Marco Gonzalez and Domingo win. So I think in some leagues, they retroactive it. You can make the decision after seeing the results. Uh, I'm not sure how the head-to-head -head formats are doing it. Do you have a problem with that? Do you have a problem to retroactive it after I see the results? Do you think there's something sketchy with that? Uh, I mean, I don't love it, but it's only two games, and I don't know what else you're supposed to do because what if you draft this weekend and – you were going to take those players regardless of the results. You know, what are you supposed to do? It's kind of not fair to not get it. When do you think we'll know about the players? Because a lot of drafts are this weekend with minor leaguers, the Chris Paddocks of the world, the Luzardas of the world. When, when, when is all that information going to come down? 
They've already started to come down for some teams. Uh, I did I did see the Padres probably in the next couple of days are going to make decisions on the pitching staff. But, you know, Austin Hayes was sent down by the Orioles. Mike Soroka was sent down by the Braves. So teams are starting to make those decisions. Uh, but over the next few days, uh, I think you'll see more and more players being sent down. But the Padres probably are examining some of the starts over the next several days. I have a league where if the guy is up, you can draft him. If the guy's down, you can't. So if Paddock goes down, I need it to be Sunday. See, so that's tricky, though, because what if, what if it occurs during the middle of the draft? Is it just whatever is deemed before it? I, you know, it's very – I think that's actually come up, by the way. I think it has actually come up that somebody's, like, checked his phone during the draft. I, I can't remember what was said or done, but I, I think that has come up, by the way. That's yeah, kind of sketchy. Mean, I, yeah, I think that kind of needs to be determined. Maybe you should do, like, if the draft's at 1, you know, it has to be officially by noon. Um I don't know. I kind of don't like that rule in a way. I don't like it either, but, you know, honestly, I, this is a league. I, I think I told you this. I quit this league. It had the worst rules, except now my friend's like, hey, you want a partner? And I'm like, Ugh, I really don't, but I like you. You know, one of those things. I'm like, all right, I'll help you out, but I just can't stand the rules. I think I'm just, this is going to be a one and done for me. I just, you know, I left for a reason. To me, you should be able to draft minor leaguers whenever you want, and if I roster them, that's up to me. Right, so there's a guy in my league who's just pissing everyone off. So we are a keeper league, but we only keep five, but we have a minor league draft. So the, one of the guys, he's keeping as part of his keepers, Keston Hura, uh, uh, A.J. Puck, McKay, McKenzie, Mateo. This is mm -hmm. a daily league, okay? <laughs> this is a daily league. Good luck winning, yeah, yeah. And these guys are mad. They're like, oh, he's keeping all these guys and trading for them, and it's ruining the minor league draft. I'm like, so what? Find other minor leaguers. Who cares? He is helping us out by keeping these guys on his roster. He's going to fall way behind in counting stats. He's going to get a bunch of zeros. Now, yes, we have reserves, but in a daily league, you want to have active players. He's going to no, have but he so doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's going for. He's trying to be good in two years. But right? it backfired horribly for him last year. He was terrible. You can right. only keep five. So how many of these guys do you want? <laughs> like, no, but my point is a guy like that knows he's not winning. He's going to play for 2021. No, I think he thinks he's winning because he – Doc, if I – it would take so long to go back and look at all the trades he's made. He made probably in the offseason since January maybe three to four trades a week, and I am not exaggerating. So he wow. wheels in deals. So he takes the minor league picks, trades them away – gets these prospects, hopes to trade him away, um, and goes stars and scrubs in the draft. So has Harper right now. He has Harper right now, and I think J.D. Martinez, and two good catchers, and then is going to probably spend like 45 on Scherzer, then another guy, then get a bunch of $1 players and just wheel and deal. To me, that is so much damn work yeah. to try and win. It's It doesn't make sense. Now, hey, everyone has their little kicks, and maybe he – Gets high off making trades, and this uh. A, well, there are people who do. I found one thing when I first started playing fantasy baseball a hundred years ago. I was over trading Adam. I really was. I was over trading. I know maybe there's something you said you can't ever over trade. I think sometimes you need to see your players and let them play to see what you have, and you can over trade. For sure, I'm telling you, this guy's gonna send deals as soon as the draft ends. I know it, and it's just like he try tries to make trades with me. He's like, hey, what do you? I really want this guy. And I just say, look, there's not a fit. Like, I knew what my keepers were. I wasn't trying to make any trades this offseason. I was set. Uh, I think I offered one trade, but maybe to get a, a minor league pick back. But just 
this guy. Well, you're just, a very patient guy. You don't you don't trade capriciously? No, not especially not early on because usually, you know, I trust the guys that I draft. I mean, we're all going to come out with a deficiency. Uh, well, you hope not. I usually don't expect to. I mean, if I come out of a draft light anywhere, it's been saves because I'm generally getting one solid closer and then speculating on a couple arms. But I think a lot of people are in that scenario this year unless you take two arms in the first nine, ten rounds. I think most people, especially in a 15-team league, are kind of in a similar scenario unless you're overpaying for closers. Well, I know the fan addict is like, please don't pay for saves. I mean, that's just a big thing, you know. And he's probably right. I think he, I think it's he's been proven right that maybe you invest in one guy, but you don't need more than that. Yeah, I think you invest the one, and then you kind of piece together the rest. Even even in an auction, I tend not to spend. Uh, you know, yesterday I did take uh, Brad Hand in round seven. I just felt like, all right, this is a good spot. And what happened? Six closers straight off the board after I took Brad Hand. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's uh, like, who's all coming right, up? that worked. Who's coming up in hour number two? Of uh, Tim Heaney from Rotowire and ESPN. He was uh, part of the Mixed League Tout Wars auction. We also competed against each other in an auction last week. So uh, he will join us at 3.20 p.m. Eastern. All right. Tell him I said hi. I didn't realize he was with ESPN now, too. Yeah, he does some stuff for them as well. Good for him. All right, guys. This is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care. And remember, keep it right here for another hour with Sal Fantasy Sports. And, of course, go to playffwc.com. Our March Madness drafts will be drafted all afternoon. It's, it's free to join, so be part of what we're doing at playffwc.com. All right, guys. Back with you after this.